Welcome to another blood-curdling episode of the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore. And we are playing Chaosium's 7th edition Call of Cthulhu horror role-playing game based upon the fictional works of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Matt as Dan Williams. Yeah, and that's why I'm no longer allowed within 100 kilometers of the Stouffer's factory in Solon, Ohio. Oh, hey, guys, I, I didn't see you there. Brian as Jack Whiteside. And if I catch you near that factory again, I am going to whoop your ass. And Gabe as Roy Arroyo and Aaron Martinez. Come on, say something dumb, Aaron. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what this is. What are we doing? Folks, our question of the week is... How many fingers am I holding up? Twelve. One. That's not a finger. No, this is not a finger. That's a thumb. Three. Well, you were close. It was two threes, so six. That's not close. That's half. I doubled it. Does that count? You should have just said divisible by three. That would have been a whole lot better. <laughs> there you go. Three factorial. Well, actually, three factorial would have been the correct answer because three times two times one is six. Math lessons. What do I win? Well, Brian, as long as you answered, you win a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Have you been seared, singed, simmered, smoked, slathered in burning sauce and set alight like a campfire at a cultist meeting? Boy, howdy, do we here at Herbert West Labs have the deal for you. Today, right here, right now, we are announcing the release of our newest product from beyond the beyond. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce to you Dr. Munoz's Burn Cream. Now, you may be asking me, Mr. Announcer Person, uh, why would I want to use this burn cream when my generic off-brand burn cream works just as well? Let me tell you that it doesn't! Our burn cream has the cooling power of the void. That's right, we found a way to reach across space and time and into the interdimensional void of nothing, but emptiness, sorrow, despair, depression, and absolute near-zero chill. We then take these astonishingly low temperatures, with a minimal amount of sorrow, despair, and depression, and encapsulate it, using a highly secretive and patented process, into an odorless cream clinically proven to cut the time it takes your burns to heal by an astonishing 95%. That's right, we can get you out of the frying pan and back into that fire faster than any of our competitors. Warning, Herbert West Labs is not responsible for any seen or unforeseen consequences associated with the use of Dr. Munoz's burn cream, such as, but not limited to, chills, visions, hallucinations, frostbite, depression, suicidal thoughts or tendencies, feelings of existential doom or being watched, production of slime at the burn site, and possible technical growth. Dr. Munoz's burn cream, when a blast of the cool air just isn't enough. New from Herbert West Labs. Remember, folks, if it's not West, then it's not the best. And we're back. Let everybody know that that was great. It wasn't worth having to guess. Well, now we must continue Chapter 5, Hell House. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Jack receives word that Roy is in critical condition at a Dallas hospital, recuperating from burns inflicted by a Molotov cocktail thrown by Bradley Kohler, who is now on the run. 
The young FBI agent tells Dan the bad news, and a somber mood escorts them to Kelly Landrum's funeral, where a distraught Mitch Landrum seems to be holding a grudge for Pastor Teb Weaver. The clergyman presides over the funeral in only a perfunctory manner, urging the few attendees to not to pray for Kelly's soul. For it is surely in hell already. Dan notices Ted Weaver is favoring his arm, which appears freshly bandaged. Aaron joins forces with the two investigators, agreeing to help run interference with newly deputized locals so they can scour the Hell House to search for answers about what's going on in Leland. As they creep through the underbrush of the surrounding forest, Dan and Jack stumble across the hanged body of Bradley Kohler. The trio meet inside the house, seeking further clues. It is now early afternoon, Monday, October 23rd, only one day until Hell House opens to the public. Aaron, you're crouched in the old parlor of the Angerstein House, now transformed into the school shooting scene for tomorrow night's Hell House attraction, looking at a loose section of floor trim beyond which are several full magazines of ammunition for an automatic pistol. A footfall sounds behind you. See if I can see who it is. You turn around and you see Kevin Cho standing right behind you, just a couple paces away. He's just sort of staring at you with a glazed look on his face. He has a uh, bandage on his left elbow that has dried blood on it. Shoot him. Aaron, you know what you must do. (laughs) And on this day, we lost Mr. Aaron Martinez on account of him forgetting his pumped up kicks. He could not outrun the gun. Uh, Hey, hey, uh, hey. How's what's ha- how's it going? What are you doing? I uh, I was just checking out. I thought I saw something. It didn't turn out to be anything. Looks like somebody's hiding some weapons or something. What is that? Uh, Did you put that there? No, I, I assume that you know it's probably. I assume that the owners have it here, and it's not my business. Well, what are you doing here, Aaron? Well, I was just going to see, pay my respects to where Kelly was last. Well, why? She's She's dead. She's going to hell. Maybe, but, like, you know, I cared about her. Okay, well, what are you going to do now? I don't know. We got we got more setup here to do, so... I was, you know, just looking around, and I, I, I'd like to see it. I'm not sure if I'm going to have time to get out here, so... Well, it doesn't open until tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to be busy, so I figured I'd try and see. Well, okay, well, I guess. Yeah, and nobody else had any problem with it, so... I got the okay. Okay, that's fine. Moron versus moron. It's like watching two sloths fight over a grapefruit. Are you a low talker too? <laughs> you know, I got some cleanup in here to do, so why don't you get lost already? Hey, I'll go look up somewhere else. All right. Thanks. I guess I'll go to the next room. So you, you travel north out of the parlor and into the dining room, and Kevin kind of just watches you sort of suspiciously, and he's kind of looking at the floor trim and back at you. Until you head into the dining room out of view. All right. And then uh, you hear what sounds like some nailing and then silence. Not that kind of nailing. (laughs) It it sounds the same, though. So (laughs) You might not be doing it right. Like two fish being slapped together by a penguin. Dan, you're in the attic staring down at a tin-type photograph of the Angerstein house back in its heyday, probably during the late 1800s. Impossibly, the two people standing in front of the house are Charles and Samantha Blaine. 
I need you to make a sanity roll, please. Oh, of course you do. As waves of disorientation wash over you. I needed a 65, and I rolled a 69. <laughs> 69. Uh, look who's <laughs> insane now. And is that how you're going to let it stand? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am. So you are going to take one sanity damage. Ha. Huh. Your hair is on fire. And why don't you describe to me what happens as you become absorbed in this photograph that you are now quite clearly convinced is no mistake this is charles and samantha well first thing i notice is that the clouds in the background of the photo are they're starting to move and before long i see the grass waving in the wind and i can hear you know the farm animals in the background cows and pigs and jangling bells and before i know it i'm not staring at a photograph but i'm standing in front of these two very gray and brown people frozen in time in this very strange alien farm landscape where everything looks like it's made out of metal and yet it moves and it flows like it's all real i walk up to both charles and sam and i stare at them for a second kind of poke at them And then when Charles looks over and says, what do you think you're doing? I'm going to become very startled at this, scream, what the fuck is this? And then I'm going to stumble backwards and fall back onto my hands and start kind of crawling backwards as fast as I can to to get away from them. Okay, that's perfect. Let's switch to Jack. You're in the attic of the Angerstein house, gazing at a very old full-length mirror surrounded by smooth rosewood. At the base are carved familiar Vev sigils, magical symbols of power commonly used in voodoo rituals. It must be your imagination, but for the briefest of moments, you think you smell sugar cane. I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll as waves of disorientation wash over you. I needed a 79. And I rolled an eight. That is a success, so you won't take any sanity damage. But go ahead and describe what you think you see in the mirror. Well, it's not so much seeing. It's it's a feeling that floods over me. It's like a warm breeze that i felt so many times. And that rich, sweet smell of sugar. I know it can't be real, but it smells and feels so real, that warm air. And at that exact moment, you realize that Dan has fallen to the floor on his hands, and he's sort of backpedaling like a crab walk away from a fallen photograph that he'd been holding in his hands. Danny, are you okay? What is that? Jesus, what the heck? What? God damn, not again. Second time today. I do not need this. I am out of here. I quit. Do me a favor. You mind going over there and looking at that picture for me? And I'm going to point at the the tin type that I dropped on the ground. I'm going to quickly cross over and pick up the tin and, and look at it. What am I supposed to see? Who are the people standing in that picture? What, are, what do they look like? Uh, just a man and a woman. Just two people. Can't really describe. There's no detail. You saw the, the contented cow file, right? Correct. So you've seen seen photos from the scene. You've probably seen pictures of my maybe ex-fiancee Sam, right? That is correct. You're telling me that you don't see her in that photograph. I do not. Are you okay, Dan? I swear to God, I looked at that picture, and the woman in the photo was Sam, and the guy standing next to her was Charles. I just had the weirdest thing happen to me as well over by this mirror. There is something going on here, Danny. We gotta get to the bottom of this. Are you gonna be okay? Uh, yeah, just, just 
just give me a minute. I'll I'll be fine. But we should uh, take take that photograph with us. the The symbol on the back might might tell us something. Um, I flip it over and look at the symbol. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden? Do I have to give it to you, or can I just roll it? Give it to me, baby. I needed a seventy. I rolled a fifty-one. You do see a faded date scrawled in one corner, half hidden by the frame. It says October twenty-fourth, eighteen ninety-seven. Whoa, we. I don't see a symbol, Danny, but I see a date on here. Is that what you meant? There should be like a, a, a family crest, I guess you could call it. I thought I saw somewhere on that. Maybe it was on the frame and not on the photograph itself. It's on the frame. Let's okay. take it with us so we can get a better look and better lighting. It's a rather large frame. I'm going to say it's probably easily 8 by 10 feet. Wow, that is big. All right, I got this. Let's do a quick look. Let's keep going. You know, until this moment, it strikes me that for all the time we've been spending in the Angerstein house, we know absolutely nothing about said Angersteins. That was my thought exactly. I mean, this place has to have a, a library or some sort of records or something that we can dig back and see what kind of history the Angersteins have with this town and with this house. Yeah, we are running out of time, though, Danny. I know, I know, but if I've learned anything over these past investigations, it's that... Nothing is coincidence in that usually when it comes to the site of the disturbance itself, just about everything can be significant in some sort of way, including the past and the name behind the place. Okay. Uh, I think we should follow your lead then. Uh, we'll have to ask someone where the library is, and I might need your help because I Let I've, me Google it. I've never, I've never been too good at the whole, whole library thing. Oh, wait, thing. I don't get a signal. You know, I, I try every now and then, and I'm just I'm just not one for big stacks of books, so... Well, let's take this picture with us. Let's get out of here discreetly. Yes, please. So I think at this point, we're both going to make our way back across the attic to the trapdoor. All right, we'll leave you there, uh, heading back towards the uh, attic trapdoor, and we'll cut back to Aaron. Aaron is uh, moving into the dining room and just heard some uh, tapping nailing sounds. I'll, uh, I'll go check out the parlor. So you head back to the school shooting room and peek through the sliding doors. And you see that Kevin Cho is not in the room. And it appears that the uh, floor trim has been replaced. Wow, that was fast. I'll uh, go back to where the, the guns were, the like bullets and guns were stashed and see if I can... If there's a way that there's like a hole or something. So you remove the floor trim and you can see that the little cubby hole behind it is now empty. You are a police officer, remember? Yeah, but I'm an idiot. <laughs> hey, you said it, not me. But your character's not. Let me take a quick gander here in the journal. Aaron Martinez, character sheet with an intelligence. It's 85, that's highly intelligent. Yeah, but I'm like one of those like... He's an idiot savant. Well, you got a half right. <laughs> I'm Rain Man, Rain Man, Rain Man. So when it really matters, Gabe, you have to shift into Super Brain. Okay, but <laughs> I for for me to be able to do that, I have to myself be able to think of what to do, and right now I can't. Like there is nothing for me to work with that I can think of. Only the guy that went in there saw the guns with you. You left the room, came back, and now he's gone, and the guns are gone. I know that I have to look for him, but I don't immediately know where he is. That's why you look for him, so you can find him. Wow, thanks. I'm going to call his name. Kevin? You hear a faint voice coming from the north past the dining room into the kitchen area, which is now transformed into quote-unquote hell. And you hear, Aaron? Yeah, hey, Kevin. What's up with the floor? How, how did you do that so fast? Aaron, is that you? Yeah. What's up with the floor? What? Why did you leave me? Uh, I, I, I walked 
towards the voice. You cross out of the parlor through the dining room to the entrance of the kitchen, which is now hell. And you can see that the special effects have been turned on. So the glowing orange and purple lights are giving the entire area a hellish glow. But you don't see anybody in there immediately. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden, Aaron? I failed. I needed a 68, and I rolled a 68. Push the roll. Push the roll. I don't have... Push oh, the it's roll. a new character. I can push it. I'll push that. Oh, boy. This is not going to go well. Are all my characters about to die? <laughs> so I'll push it, spending three points. Well, that's not a push. That's just spending it. That's yeah. fine. A push is actually re-rolling it. How, what does that cost? Your life. If you screw it up... Bad things happen. Uh, you can talk to Charles about what happens when you push a roll and fail. I don't care about him. I'll push it. Ah, success. <gasps> Whew, okay. I need a 60. I got a 41. So you push the roll, and you notice that there is a closet door of sorts open just an inch in the southeast corner of the kitchen. I'll go to it and see if I can open it more. It easily opens, and I'll go ahead and reveal that for you. Worst hide-and-seek game ever. Whoa, it's a closet. It is a closet. Oh my god, it's his closet. And standing in the closet is Kelly Landrum, with blood dripping down the wound in her neck. She's completely naked, and she says, Aaron, why? And I'm going to need you to roll for sanity. Oh, I got a hard success. I need a 60. I got a 20. Guess who's staying sane today? Despite that, you're going to take one point of sanity damage? I'll push the roll. (laughs) (laughs) Please describe for the listeners what happens as your mind reels from the vision of Kelly Landrum's dead body standing in this closet, reaching out to you, blaming you. As soon as I see this, I have a flashback and I start thinking of all the times me and Kelly had together and all of the good times and how it didn't need to end. And my mind just over and over keeps playing out. The day that we broke up, my knees buckle and I fall to the ground. And as you do so, I'm going to need you to make a dodge roll to avoid landing on one of the stalactites. Oh, not the wrenches? Success. Ooh, on my hot streak. I needed a 40 and I got a 29. The paper mache stalagmite crumples beneath you uh, and you escape from any kind of damage. You are obviously overwhelmed with nostalgia and guilt, a sense of horror, and Kelly Landrum does not disappear. As you are reeling and falling, you see her drift out of the closet, her feet hovering about an inch above the ground, and she just drifts out of the kitchen southward back into the dining room and out of sight. Holy shit. And we'll cut back to Dan and Jack descending the attic trap door. So uh, one of you is carrying the picture frame? I am. Okay, great. It's a little unwieldy, but you can probably get down the ladder with it. Who, who's coming first down the ladder? Uh, it'd probably be me, to be honest with you. Okay. So you descend down the ladder and reach the bottom. All right, so Dan's uh, descending after you. And uh, as you watch... Dan's about halfway down the ladder, his head still sort of poking up into the attic when he hears a scraping sound. And go ahead and give me a spot hidden, Dan. Oh, good grief. Okay. Charlie Brown. Woo! I needed a 58 and I rolled a 40. That is success. Awesome. So you very clearly see the box of bloodied tools has overturned of its own accord. And you see a trowel, a claw hammer, a large wood saw, 
and many, many nails and spikes now floating through the air toward you. I'm oh, gonna, shit. I'm going to need you to make a dodge. Uh, I prefer Chevy, but thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry on both accounts. <laughs> oh, God. Nope. Nope. Holy nope. Not even close. I needed a 30, and I rolled an 89. Nice. Nicely done. It, it is your prerogative to uh, push that if you like. Obviously, you can't augment it, but you could push it. You'll die. I think I'm going to die either way. It's the one time I encourage it. Holy shnikes. Yeah, but I have 30 points, so I only have 30 points in dodge, so I'm not sure if another roll would really help. I mean, I think I'm kind of skewered either way, but maybe if I don't push it, I'll be slightly less skewered because bad things happen when you push a roll. Oh, I think I proved otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) We need to be more exciting around here, but that's not going to come from me today, so I'm I'm just going to let that stay where it is. What a loser. (laughs) I'll push his roll. Is this because I made a comment about working on my backup character on Twitter yesterday? Dan, why don't you describe to me what happens when you fail your dodge as you are attempting to climb down the ladder as essentially these tools are headed straight for your head? Well, my first reaction is going to be to attempt to um, speed descend a ladder like I was taught in the army. So, you know, kind of grip the sides loosely, feet on either side, and I want to try and slide down to avoid it. But I don't notice that partway down the ladder, there are a couple of bolts sticking out where they used to fasten some of the things in. So I start sliding, I get partway down, and then I hit the bolts and I go off the ladder and I land flat on my back on the ground at the bottom of the attic ladder. Perfect. And at this point, I am going to need Jack to make a dodge to get the heck out of the way. I'm just going to stand over him and laugh. (laughs) (laughs) A dodge, huh? Yes, sir. I needed a 30 and I rolled a 25. Curse you, RN Jesus. You have abandoned me. All right, so you easily leap out of the way. As I dodge, I kick him. So Dan falls smashing onto the floor on his back. The tools all rain down upon him. We have that beautiful uh, Bruce Campbell moment where he's attempting to dodge each one as, mm-hmm. as it falls and impales <laughs> into the ground. Ooh, 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 ooh. Do I see them all bloody as well? Absolutely. Nice. But that was my blood. Oh. Pick a tool, Dan. Which one hits you? We could do the claw hammer, which would be a perfect, like, right in the noggin kind of thing. <laughs> you could do, like, a three stooges. Um, I could. Is there, by chance, I'm trying to think of something that's, like, really blunt and flat and large to, you know, spread out the impact as much as possible. The tray that was holding the tools. <laughs> yeah. Can I get hit by the tray that was holding the tools? That'd be kind of ironic. I dodge all the tools, but then get hit by the thing that was holding well, them. Well, I will say the damage needs to be commensary. So why don't, why don't you go ahead and roll a d6, and that should tell you more about the tool that hit you. Four. I'd take... It's four points. Pretty, pretty. And how much does that leave you? Dead. Five. Wow. So yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big damage chunk there. It's a sledgehammer. It might end up being the claw hammer to the forehead. Yes. I like it. You're, you're knocked unconscious. God damn it. I'm already carrying the picture. Dan is now unconscious, but he's still breathing, Jack. You just notice this rain of tools, bloodied tools, all just pouring down as if they were wielded by an unseen assailant. It's raining tools. Holy shit. It's raining tools. <laughs> and Jack, at just that moment, you get a text message. Uh, check my phone. Oh, it's a text from Skinner. Aha. And it essentially tells you that 
you've been now given full authority to investigate. Local police will not interfere. Excellent. But to still be careful because out here in Leland, Texas, the law can take many different forms. Gross. Like a pterodactyl? Shape of a bucket of water. Oh. I verify that I have a signal. You do. I'm going to call 911 for an ambulance for Dan. Just as you're about to dial 911, your phone starts ringing. Hello, Jack Whiteside, special agent out of Louisiana. Well, hello, Mr. Whiteside. This is Frank Bancroft back at the bureau. Yes, Frank, how are you? I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. Thank you for asking. Is there any way I can call you back? I have I have one of my uh, assets. He's down right now. I got to call 911. Well, absolutely. I'm just passing along a message. Roy reached out to me mm-hmm. a couple days ago, uh, sent, sent me a bunch of documents. And I, I just want to let you know, uh, yeah, I got, I got those results. So you give me a call back when you're good and ready. Absolutely. I can read you at this number? Absolutely. Hey, how's your wife and kids? Oh, no, thank you for asking. Oh, that's good. What are you going to do these holidays? Uh, I thought I might have some turkey or something. Uh, we're going to carve some pumpkins, but uh, I do like to carve a good turkey, too. That's nice. You make homemade biscuits, you got to order those in. I do, I do, yeah. I, I, like, I like them Bob Evans frozen ones. You give you give the best to the missus and the kids for me. All right, we'll talk to you soon. I know I have never met you before in my life, but yeah, I want absolutely. Dan to die. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk real <laughs> soon. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I, I, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Boop. Hang up. Call 912. <laughs> Nobody comes. The number you're trying to reach sucks. All right, so you get a hold of 911, and uh, they, they say they're going to send out some paramedics here, like, quick. All right, I checked Danny's pulse. He's got a strong pulse. All right, I'm going to take a, might get my phone, camera phone out, and I'm taking pictures of the whole area up at the attic, all the tools, and Danny's situation, and I'm going to slowly pull him off to the side out from underneath the, the attic entrance. And you can see he's got quite the big welt forming on his forehead. I get out my Sharpie. <laughs> Draw it's dick. Mr. Bumpy Head. Draw dick. <laughs> and uh, as you're doing this, and as you know, after you hang up with 911 and pull them up away, and as you were taking photos, uh, you did notice that your text did go through. Okay, good. So we'll, we'll leave you there. You're basically going to wait until the paramedics arrive, correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm going to stay with Danny up in that in the area there until gotcha, he either gotcha. wakes up or they get there. So let's go ahead and switch back to Aaron. And Aaron, you you uh, recover from your sense of disorientation, and you can still smell Kelly's perfume in the air. Man, I love the smell of beer. <laughs> <laughs> she was a lush. Like her dad. So I'll stand up, you know, try and gather my footing. I'll go and uh, leave the closet, see if I, if uh, Kevin's anywhere immediately around. You don't see him any place in the kitchen, or dining room appears also empty. I'll go check back on the hole to see if something's changed. Oh, back into the parlor? Yeah. Uh, you can see that the floor trim that you replaced has not been replaced, and the cubby hole appears to be still empty. And then he's going to go back to the closet to make sure nothing's changed. <laughs> hey, and he's going to come hey. back to the parlor to make sure nothing's changed. Weird things happened. Weird science. I'll pull out my phone, and I'll call Jack to report what's happened. This is Jack. Uh, hey, Jack. Um, Martinez, where are you at right now? I'm inside. I'm in the parlor. Get upstairs with me, quick. There's something happened to Danny. I'll hang up and then run upstairs. Faster! <laughs> I'll, I'll take a leisurely stroll upstairs. All right, as you depart the parlor and head up the stairs to join Jack and Dan, little ditty. 
You hear the approach of sirens in the distance. There is harmony. And so you walk up the stairs, take a left down the hallway, and then head north. And as you pass what used to be the master bedroom, you hear familiar singing coming from inside the master bedroom. It sounds like... La, 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 la. That's terrible. And it's a little tune that Kelly used to sing to you as you lay beneath a sycamore tree out in the field behind her house. Now I know why we broke up. (laughs) She can't sing to save her life. As I pass the room, I'll backtrack and look inside to see where the singing... Who sings in a minor key to try and comfort someone? That's just (laughs) just not something you should do. Now, good night, little kids. Well, they were underage, so they were both minors. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were a minor. Dad jokes. <laughs> Welcome to the Dad Jokes podcast. You stop your progress northward along the hallway and take a couple steps back and listen at the master bedroom door to the west. And reluctantly, you open the door and you see Kelly standing across the room, looking out through the window of the master bedroom with her back to you and singing. I'll uh, walk towards her and reach out to grab her shoulder. And as you do so, she disappears into dust motes. And you realize you're standing in a bedroom that is now being used as a storage area. There's many boxes around, but in the dust coating the floor, you see two footprints. Old man Jenkins. (laughs) Soinks. I'll start going through all the boxes one by one to see what I can... What can I sell on eBay for a fast profit? Hours later. I'll, uh, I'll gather myself, sort of kick dust over where the footprints were, and then try and run and find Dan and Jack. Jack falls out in the hallway. I pull my gun. And in walks Aaron. Why are you doing the Naruto run, Martinez? That doesn't do anything for you. Shut up, you're unconscious. I just updated my Facebook page. Oh. Martinez, get over here. I get over there. I need you to stay with him. I gotta run down and meet the ambulance. Are you good? Yeah. Stay away from the attic. I didn't even think about the attic. You're the one that put it in my mind. It's your fault if I go up there. Don't rub salt in your eyes. It's Inception. Jack runs downstairs and just as the paramedics are pulling up. And they come in and take Dan to uh, the local hospital for a good look-see and a, maybe a band-aid or two on the head. A poke and a prod. Are you going to kiss it and make it better? Yes, but that's not at the hospital. As the paramedics tend to him, he obviously comes to. He's a bit groggy. They want to make sure that he doesn't have a concussion, so they're going to take him back and essentially give him uh, some x-rays just to make sure that he hasn't got a fractured skull or anything like that. Do the x-rays give me superpowers? They will, absolutely. But only if a spider bites you at the exact same time. I bite him. So meantime, let's go ahead and go back to Jack as a phone call comes in from Skinner. Hello, this is Jack Wyside. Agent, I'm going to need you to return to the screen door in. Okay, is everything okay? I got your text about Bradley Culler, and we're going to need you to lead the agents we're sending to the screen door in at 4 o'clock and lead them to his body. To his body? Yes, you said you ran across his body in the woods, right? Ran across it? With your feet. Don't fail me now. Meet me. All right, that sounds good. I'll, I'll be there. And... What have you found in the Angerstein house? Well, the only thing I have at this point is a picture. A picture? What is that? A picture. It created a huge response in Dan. 
It's like he got sucked in. It was very strange. There's something very powerful here. I don't know if this is the artifact, but there is something here. Now that I have permission to search, I'm going to shut this place down and I'm going to find what it is and I'm going to destroy it or bring it and lock it. Well, the photograph doesn't sound like an artifact. It would have to be much bigger than that. The only other thing I ran into was a mirror that gave me some heebie-jeebies, I guess you'd say. A mirror? Describe it to me. It was a mirror. You look at it and there's a reflection. (laughs) Of your of yourself. It's bizarre. It was a f- freestanding mirror. It has symbols on the base of it that I did recognize. I am not going to be able to get it out myself. I am going to need assistance. That sounds like something we might be interested in. I definitely guarantee. Is there any way that when these people come at 4 o'clock, I can utilize a few of them to help me with this? Mm, yes, I suppose they could. It depends on whether or not we have more work to do once we find Bradley's body. If there's anybody that we need to hunt down. Copy that. I guess we'll just play it by ear. Okay. I think at this point, you must acquire that mirror at all costs. I think you're right. All right. You have your orders. Sounds good. I will keep you posted. I love you. Click. Love you too. (laughs) Jack hangs up from his call with Skinner and returns to Aaron. So you want to tell us what you guys are talking about? Unfortunately, that's confidential, my friend, but we have some help on the way. I need to get back to the screen door in because it's officially... Three o'clock, and I'm going to need to get some food. And I'd like to check on Danny before I meet up with some uh, fellow officers. Okay, I don't have a problem with that. All right, can you give me a ride? No, no, you can walk. All right, sounds good. I pull out my gun, shoot him in his face, take his keys. I turned into Roy! Oh, Jesus! All right, so you have approximately an hour before you're supposed to meet the agents. You probably will not be able to check in except by phone on Dan. Okay. And go get food or whatever. (laughs) Gotta eat. Man's gotta eat. All right. We got, we got to meet his lady friend, too. We're going to go to the diner, um, order some food. I'm going to call and check on Danny. Flo is not working today. She has her day off. And so uh, Mel is just very gruff with you guys. Uh, you check in with uh, Danny, and they say that he's obviously still waiting to see the doctor. They've got him uh, on a gurney, and uh, they'll get him in as soon as they can. Could I get an update on uh, Roy Royal? Uh, no, he's actually in Dallas. This is local hospital. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. He's All right, dead. I hang up then. He's <laughs> <laughs> dead, Jim. But you could call Dallas if you wanted. Yeah, I'm going to call while I'm waiting for my food. The doctors say that he's been swimming in and out of consciousness. He is having lucid dreams and thrashing around, which is not great for the, the flesh that was burned. They're trying to keep him uh, very medicated. Sometimes they've had to strap him down to make sure that he's not going to damage uh, what healing that they've tried to do. Uh, right now, it is still touch and go with him. That's about all they can tell you at this point. Uh, they've notified his family. The family is actually going to be en route on Wednesday morning. They're being briefed by some of the FBI agents back home and uh, are making arrangements. They can't be boxered? Nope. That's the update on Roy. All right, I'm going to scarf down my burger and then uh, make sure Martinez is done eating. I'm not. I'm taking it slow. All right, we got to hustle. It's a little after 3.30. I'd like to uh, get ready and put a little bit of a plan together before they get here. All right, I'll uh, scarf it down, maybe <laughs> choke a bit on it. <laughs> All right, we are talking about lunch. <coughs> See what you did, man. Use that intelligence. All right, go back to the screen door in. I'm going to splash a little water on my face. going to take uh, 10 minutes to myself to um, contemplate the day and what has happened and mentally prepare myself for what's about to happen. Do you want me to come with you or what? That's just gross. He's a gentle lover. Because I don't stay at the screen door in. And may I remind you that you also have separate cars? Oh, we do. 
Okay. You left yours back at the uh, behind the woods. Right, 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 right. So at this stage, you're probably going to require Aaron's uh, lift. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to let Aaron know to meet me back here at uh, at three fifty five. Four o'clock on the dot. A uh, unmarked black SUV pulls up, and four agents climb out. Uh, the lead one comes up and says, "Are you Mr. Whiteside?" That's correct, boy. Do you realize you're in the Matrix, Mr. Whiteside? <laughs> this Gestapo bullshit won't work on me. Oh yeah, so you're, you're you're Jack Whiteside, right? That is correct. Nice to meet you. I'm uh, Agent Macaroni. Don't laugh. Nice to meet you, Macaroni. Where's your partner, Officer Cheese? He's right over there. It's Cheddar. Hey, Cheddar, come on over here. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we heard something about uh, that you found Bradley Kohler. We've been searching a couple towns over. Haven't been able to find him, but you said you found his body. I guess I did. Why don't you take us to him? We're going to make one pit stop first, boys. We need to grab something real quick out of this house, and then we're going to go right there. You want to grab something out of the house before we get the body? What if someone tampers with the evidence? They would have by now. I quit. Oh, wait a minute. You're that Jack Whiteside. That is correct. The voodoo guy. That is correct. Any other questions? Fine. Whatever you want, Mr. Jack. All right. Follow us. Okay. Come on, Martinez. And they follow you. Right to the house. Okay, you pull up to the house. The locals sort of look at you with slack jaws as you pass through the barricade. <laughs> and they, they're, they're sort of goggling at the uh, SUV. Hey, Bill, check that out. They got tires. <laughs> you screech up to a halt in front of the house. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to jump out with, music. with Martinez. <laughs> Until further notice, nobody is allowed in or out of this house. It is closed. I need everybody to go home at this point. All the ghosts and stuff just come out of the house. Oh, okay. I mean, since you asked so nicely. Go, ghosts. Just get out. We don't want you here. This house is clean. All right, boys. Follow me upstairs. Okay, they follow you upstairs. Uh, We need to get something out of this attic. Okay. So I'm going to pull out my pocket watch, have it in one hand, and I'm climbing up the ladder. All right. as, As you enter the store bedroom where the attic trap door is, you notice that all of the tools are gone. Of course they are. That's why I took a picture. Come on, guys. We got to get this and get out of here. All right. They're following your lead. And they all the tools shoot at my face. <laughs> doodly, doodly, doodly. All right. We go up. Flashlights are ready so it's nice and lit AF. Okay. Going to do the X-Files thing? You told me not to go in the attic. Yeah. You stay down here, Martinez. I'm going to lower this down, this mirror down to you. I need you to help guide it. Okay. All right. Cool. I'm going to go right to the mirror. I'm going to have the two guys grab the mirror. Okay. Walk back to the attic entrance thing and lower it down to Martinez. The whole time I'm covering their back with light in, the, in my gun draw. You lower it on the mirror successfully? Get down, boys. Okay, they do. They get down. All right, I, I'm climbing down. You get stuck on two bolts and a tool <laughs> shoot towards your face. <laughs> thump, 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 thump. You fall down the stairs and your gunfire is killing all of us. One bullet hits all three of you. All right, let's get this to the truck. Let's get over to that body. They look very strange. You can see that a couple of them are now sort of smirking and whispering to each other. Look at this loser. All right, let's go. They carry it out to the uh, SUV. I'm used to this by now. All right, let's go. I'm going to take you to the body. Okay, they're following your lead. All right, I'm going to make a beeline right over there. Quick paced, not running, but brisk walking with everybody following right to the body. So you briskly walk through the underbrush and the surrounding forest. You arrive at exactly where you believe the body should be. Can't there just be the body? And there's no body. You look around. You don't see the noose in the tree. You don't see any splash of blood. Nothing. This is why not having support is not good in our line of work. Uh, Mr. Whiteside, what's going on? Somebody has taken the body. 
Okay. We shouldn't have gotten a mirror. It would have still been here. <laughs> but we had clear reports that he was found wandering a couple of towns away. What? How do you know it was him, even? I have no idea. Uh, let me check with Skinner, but I'm pretty sure that our efforts would be best concentrated elsewhere. Well, I got what I needed. Okay, well, we can drop off the mirror at the screen door in if you like. That'd be good. Come on, Martinez, let's go. Oh, wait, actually, you know what? I think Skinner said to escort anything that you had to give back to headquarters. Ah, that would be much better. Okay, we'll do that then. Meantime, uh, Mr. Whiteside, uh, just a bit of advice. We're not really up for uh, wild goose chases these days. You know know what, boy? You can just get the hell out of here. There's no wild goose chases. I reported what I had to report. Nobody responded to me. It took three days to get a response from my main office. This is how things go wrong. We're understaffed right now. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. You know, things are very tight right now. Then I don't need your advice because I followed the law. I followed the book. All right. Well, we're going to head back. See you back at headquarters. I'm sure Skinner will be in touch if she needs anything. Oh, and uh, one more thing. He turns back around. One more thing, lady. (laughs) Uh, We've had uh, some guy calling around by the name of Agent Frank Backcroft. Was trying to reach Roy. I think they gave him your number or something. Anyways, thought I'd just pass that message along. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Goodbye. All right, Martinez. Are you good? I'm going to go grab my car. Let's head back. You meet me in my room. I'd like to debrief if you're good with that. All right. You're back at the screen door in in your room. Holy crap. That was fast. My neck hurts a bit from the speed. And by now, it's getting to be uh, dusk. Man, it sure is dusk out there. Hey, Martinez. I'd like to thank you for today. Uh, Yeah. No problem. You've been there when I needed you. I appreciate that. (laughs) So, uh, you have a sore back, or... (laughs) Those legs must be sore from running through the underbrush. My my lower abdomen probably could use some... You know, it's a bit sore. Punching up. All right, uh... I gotta I, I got go call Flo for you. Hey, what time does the uh, library open tomorrow? Since it's just me as the detective now. Man, let me think. What time does the library open? You guys have a library, Martinez? Man, let me think if we have a library. We have one, and it opens at 10 a.m. All right. I think we're good for tonight, my friend. Why don't you go home and relax a bit? Okay. I love you. <laughs> I know. All right, I'm going to call back that dude that called me earlier. Phone rings a couple times, and a uh, voice comes on. Frank Bancroft. Hey, Frank, it's uh, Jack Whiteside giving you a call back. Hey, Whiteside, what's going on? Uh, sorry about earlier. It was a little bit of a hairy moment. Yeah, it's all right. Things have been rough around here. Uh, any word about Roy? I've been worried about him. No, I haven't gotten an update. He's uh, I think he's going to pull through, but it, it's, it's a little touch and go at this point. God damn, that guy gets in all the trouble. Yes, he does. But we couldn't do it without him. Well, I hope his faith can pull him through now. Yeah. His face? <laughs> Jesus wept. Well, oh yeah, I guess we should get down to brass tacks. Yeah, let me know what you got. All right, so he sent us some uh, photos of some uh, counting uh, papers. Mm-hmm. Hey, wiki people, why don't you type this shit in? Get ready, wiki people. I'm unconscious, so you're on your own. Yeah, just start typing. Because we have no information at all, even about the guy I'm talking so, to. So uh, here's what we found out. Uh, looks like the uh, attendance at the uh, Leland Evangelical Church mm-hmm. evidently has been dropping steadily over the last few years. Okay. Makes sense. Evidently, Pastor Ted Weaver bought the house, the Angerstein house, in his own name. Hmm. 
And uh, I guess it doesn't take a detective to figure out that any money he makes on that thing is going to go into his own pocket. Yeah, that's that's definitely peculiar. I shouldn't say that, actually. It's going to go into his and his brother's pocket. They're both personally invested. Hmm. So that's what the paperwork tells me. It's all there, plain as day. I'm pretty surprised that they kept this around because it's pretty incriminating. Hmm. That definitely is. Given a few months, I'm sure the DA could bring up some charges against him. If someone wanted to press charges, that is. Yeah, I really appreciate this information. It helps tremendously. Well, uh, you boys take care out there in Leland. I heard it's a nice little town, but uh, you just never know. It's a nice town. I really do enjoy it. It's just the uh, company that I'm having a hard time with. Any update on uh, Bradley Kohler who did that to Roy? For some reason. Something strange is going on around here. Yeah, you don't say. I swear I saw his body, and I brought in specials to help me clean this up. But he was gone, and now he's reported several towns over. Very strange happenings. Oh, man, it's going to be another one of those, is it? Yes, it is. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, thank you again. I'm going to keep you posted on Roy, okay? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, You know, we got our hands full over here, too. We got uh, a couple reports coming out of California, some weird uh, earthquake stuff. I don't know. We got Mm -hmm. uh, to try to keep tabs on that. <laughs> Tentacles. Ah, oh, that's the Jack White side I know. No, this ain't no voodoo thing. Oh, we got a joke or we'll go insane. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I got to finish this uh, scotch and uh, I hope you guys take care over there. All right. Thank you much. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Love you. Love you too. Click. So I think that's probably a pretty good place to stop. So let's go ahead and launch into this week's recommendos. And why don't we start with Gabe? I got a book. It is by Terry Brooks, which if you are into disappointing TV, you know that he wrote The Legend of Shannara, which is among my favorite books that those chronicles and then MTV made it and now I hate life. I think that this is very good. It is lesser known by him. This is called Magic Kingdom for Sale Sold. And it's basically about this just guy who around... He, like, goes to a department store and finds that they're selling a Magic Kingdom from this guy named Meeks, which is a good name. So he buys it, and he has to go there and adapt to everything, and he becomes, like, the new king, and there's all the comedy that ensues there, and, like, his advisor is, like, a dog, and he's got this old wizard who's kind of a dick, but is also, like, a nice guy. It's a lot of fun, especially if you like fantasy-type stuff like that, like I do. That's, uh, Magic Kingdom for sale sold. All right, cool. We'll check that out, Gabe. Uh, let's move on to Matt. Because I have a slightly more odd-out recommender tonight for, um, well, it started out as a uh, a group of friends playing D&D together, and then it went on to Twitch, and it kind of blew up and became a, a pretty big phenomenon. It's a, a show called Critical Role, spelled R-O-L-E. And what it is, is it is a group of voice actors who get together every week to play Dungeons and Dragons. And it has um, people on the cast like uh, Matt Mercer, whom most people would know as the voice of McCree from Overwatch, is the DM, Travis Willingham, who's done God of War, Laura Bailey, who's done Uncharted, Marisha Ray, who does a lot of, like, they're all fairly famous voice actors if you know animation and video games and stuff. And the, the amount of effort that they put into this thing is incredible. It's 
the story is so well so well done because uh matt mercer the dm literally created an entire world from scratch just for them and he does such a good job developing the characters and the story and all the npcs and everything around them it is a super engaging story and it's uh it's shot in like four hour blocks on twitch and then it's up on their youtube they finished their latest adventure which involved them going from i think they started at level two all the way up to level 20 which is if you play dnd you know the max level it's it's a uh, 115 episodes to finish the entire adventure it is worth going through because there are a lot of really funny episodes and really emotional episodes and if you're into any kind of role playing or dnd or any kind of stuff like that it is is totally worth getting into all right brian how about you i am going to recommend a netflix tv show uh they just came out with the punisher which is another original netflix series from marvel they went a really dark way with this uh, it is one of the goriest TV shows I think I've ever watched. There's blood and guts and head explosions and good story. It's really well done. I thought they were going to nerf it and I was nervous about it. But um, right off the bat, you're you're getting the, the full thing and there is no mercy anywhere, no matter who it is. So highly recommend if you're into that ultra violence and it also progresses. It pulls a couple characters in from some of the other series that are on Netflix, which is nice because it gives them that. that cross-platform it ties it all together a little bit i highly recommend watching it i've already binged the whole damn series well my recommendo for this week can you guess what it is a movie is it a movie it's a video game called life is strange so i came late to this uh game it's been out obviously for a few years now it popped up on xbox for a very good price that i couldn't ignore and i've been having so much fun with uh, casual games lately i think maybe like tomb raider started it off for me where i sort of got to like playing a female character in these action games. And so Life is Strange follows the story of Max Caulfield, a young woman who returns to her hometown in order to attend a uh, private college. Uh, and she discovers through a weird quirk that she has the ability to turn back time. What I like about this is uh, not only does it uh, essentially play out as a teen drama kind of thing, but also it has these weird genre insertions. So there are some very weird plot twists that are pretty dang shocking, and I'm not going to reveal any here, but I think it was the conclusion to maybe episode two or three that I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this just happened. So there's a lot of emotional punch to this, and all of the characters are very well drawn. Essentially, there are many ways to go about traversing the adventure and unlocking the secrets, and it allows you to backpedal and then rediscover a new avenue to uh, figure things out. And uh, I just really like the, there's a lot of humor to it, there's very musical uh, scored nicely. It has a really kind of cool, I don't know, like 90s TV vibe going on. It's just it's just kind of nice to play somebody who is completely opposite of me and immerse myself in her life, lose time that way. That's it's a, it's just a ton of fun. So so I'm I'm enjoying my time with Life is Strange on Xbox. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Please, 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 please. Tell all your friends. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our social media, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord. Links to our recommendos can be found on our website. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. Uh, and if anyone knows who who drew this smiley face with a mustache on my bump while I was knocked out, let me know on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. 
And if you want to see some extra double personality stuff from me, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. And you can find me on Brian Podcasts. Well, until next time, roll for sanity. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. <laughs>